0: With over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 128. Today, we're going to be discussing chapter four of Coaching Matters a chapter called Decisions About Coaches Work, where we're going to be discussing how a coach's job can be set up for success or not, based off of the relationship between the coaches and the administrators. Before we get into our conversation, I want to bring on Sue Vincent. Sue, how are you today? Welcome back to the show.
2: I'm good, trying to stay warm down here in Kentucky in the middle of snow and ice. I hope on Monday morning as you're listening to this, the temperatures have gone up and we are enjoying some cleared roads out there
1: i hope everybody had a great last couple days of course it's been scary watching everybody with the power outages in the news as we're recording this it's uh thursday afternoon on the 20 on the 18th here and it's been snowing all day and uh yeah if you guys are out there please feel free to reach us out we'd love to know how you're doing love to know what you guys are working on and of course you know what did your school district decide to do this week. Are they switching to remote? Are they calling snow days? How are things going? Reach out to us over at Ask the Tech Coach. We'd love to hear from you guys. And, Sue, I want to talk a little bit about last week's episode. We had Jason Wilmot on, the new head of education from Canva. I Mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoyed that conversation. Lots of great feedback on social media. And just the fact that Canva is now available as an educational app. Total FERPA, COPA, the whole deal rostering teams integration classroom integration i was so excited to hear about the great things that canva can do in education these days
2: oh my goodness yes it was awesome stuff and for them to be going the like you said the route of education is such a smart move on their part to uh, get in that niche and reach these teachers and the students to help them become more and more innovative as we move forward
1: it is a total no brainer for them. Right. Like, you know, oh, using absolutely. Canva to create social media graphics, to create projects, to create calendars and, and and lesson plan reports. And it's all embeddable. It's all shareable. It's it's everything yeah. that you need is right there. And again, it integrates well with your Google and Microsoft friends. It's it's a pretty awesome platform. And did I tell you? It's free. It's awesome. Check it out. That's Ask the Tech Coach episode number 127. Please share it with your friends. Uh, We also discussed it this past weekend. Sue over on the Tech Coach Roundtable. It's part of our Tech Coach Network here each and every Wednesday night at 830. We would love to have you guys there. Check out all the great stuff today over at AskTheTechCoach.com. Sign up for our Tech Coaches Network. We would love to have you and your colleagues be a part of the TeacherCast Tech Coaches family. And Sue... You are doing some pretty good stuff over on Tech Imaginations. What's happening on your website this week?
2: Oh, well, we're getting some good traffic over there. Um, Go and check out TechImaginations.net for all of my Tech Tip Tuesday videos. Um, I'm working on uh, getting several of those recorded and ready for the weeks to come and uh, blog post updated images updated in various places. So uh, go check it out. Some good stuff. And if you have suggestions or things you want to know about or things you would like me to talk about, send them my way.
1: Now, Sue, I assume your Tech Tip Tuesdays are a big hit at your school. I'm assuming also that something like that that you do every week, that's something that you have discussed before with your principal. And You might have said, I'd like to do this. I'm interested in doing these things. Is that something that you're finding that because of the relationship with you and your principal it's more successful and the teachers are enjoying it more?
2: Oh, absolutely. That's so important as a coach and administrator, you know, as we develop that relationship, um uh, they've been so supportive of that, you know, as I come up with ideas and Um, They want those videos out there, you know, especially during the times when we're on remote learning. I can just quickly send that video to a teacher when they ask a question. So, yes, my administrators have been so supportive and even listen to some of them themselves when they have questions.
1: And what's the vehicle? Once you create that Tech Tip Tuesday video, where do you put it? Where do you place it? How do you get it out to them?
2: It lives on my YouTube channel. Um, It actually lives on my personal Gmail YouTube channel, but I have permission from um, from my administration to use that for school and still use it on my Tech Imagination site. So that's all been addressed and um, talked about. So, again, they're very supportive of that. So, yes, it lives on my YouTube channel, and then I can post it on social media, via email, on my website, all that good stuff. So that's huge as we develop those relationships. and develop our coaching program as we segue into our topic.
1: You know, the last couple of weeks, we've been going through the coaching matters book, second edition here by Jolene Killen, Chris Bryan, and Heather Clifton. A lot of people are asking, how do you find this? I'm going to make sure that the link is over on our show notes, but I'll probably set it up as teachercast.net forward slash coaching matters. And if you guys are interested in joining us for a show to discuss any of these chapters, please let us know. And you know, Sue, it's all about relationships. We we've said that for 128 episodes, it's all about the relationships, the professional courtesies, um, professionalism, knowing that you and your administrators are on the same page. I know this past week, I had a chance to sit down with the principals that I am directly focused on and working with. And, you know, what do you see what do you want what are you looking for these aren't the gotcha questions but this really is how would you like me to help and serve the building talk to us a little bit about the importance of that coaching principal relationship
2: oh yeah i mean that's the baseline in order for you to get in there to the teachers you have to have that principal support and you have to go about it the right way because sometimes you can have the principal support and they're wanting you to go in there to be the we'll use the word gotcha again they want sometimes you to go in there and be the gotcha person for the teachers and that's totally as a tech coach not your job your job is to coach the teacher so it's so important that if they're not steering the conversation that way that you as a coach and again that's going to take some experience, is to steer that conversation To support the teacher, not to just tell on the teacher. So that's where that relationship with the principal and coach needs to start is how do I approach the teacher and which teachers do I need to coach? Do I need Mm -hmm. to focus on one versus the other or, you know, what do I need to do about that?
1: You know, a good relationship is one where there isn't a principal and there isn't a coach. It's just two people all having the same goal and the same thing in mind. Yes. You might come at it from different points of view, but if you, you know, I, I find a lot of coaches struggle when the principal is trying to be the principal and the coach is trying to be the coach. I, I, I love the relationships that I have right now with my administrators. I love the fact that when we work with our coaches here on our Tech Coaches Network, so many of them are coming up saying, yes, we work hand-in-hand, hand. we do this. We'll talk a little bit at the end of the show today of what happens if you don't have that relationship. But, you know, the book goes in here to talk about the different decisions that an administrator makes on their buildings, on their coach, which ultimately affects the coaching programs. They talk about, you know, which teachers should a coach be working with? They talk about what is a coaching cycle. How do they want to see it? Do they want to actually go through a cyclical um, event? Um, That was actually a big topic last week at the coaches meeting. Or do they just want to see you go in and do that shotgun approach? Make sure you're in all the classrooms. Make sure you're working. Make sure you're doing these things. How are you Mm -hmm. interacting with those teachers? Do they want you to be going down the hallways every morning and saying, hi, do they want you to be email buddies back and forth? It's really having those relationships and how that is determined by the administrator.
2: Yeah, and another huge one too is, How do you spend your day? Are you the only tech coach in a building or a district? Or do you have a team of coaches? So establishing those roles with your administrator of, okay, are you the elementary person? Is your coworker, the secondary person? Or are you the Google person and they're something else? How do you determine those roles? So you're not stepping on each other's toes, excuse me, um, as you work together to coach the teachers.
1: It's interesting that the book always, in, especially in this chapter, I notice is always giving the pros and the cons. Yes, pro is we have these conversations. We're building a program. It can be fluid. We can move it around. But they always say things don't work when the administrator is reluctant to make those decisions. They, they, they might not know what a coach is, what a coach could be, what a coach does. They might think the coach is a tech. They might think that the coach is just to help with technology. They might have a completely different conversation. They might not. Let's face it, Sue, they might not be listening to this podcast every week, right? So what is a a tech coach to do when they're working in a building? Maybe they get a new building administrator and they have to go, this is where success is, but you're kind of over here. What do we need to do here?
2: Yeah, and that's huge. That's where you're just going to have to go out there and prove yourself, you know, use that experience, you know, hope and pray they will give you that time to prove yourself and show them what you can do and what you do know. You know, I've had to do that in two different school districts now over a span of how many every years, but it takes proving yourself and helping them to realize that no, you're not a tech you're not the it person though um, hopefully you know you have a good relationship with them and work together well but you are the instructional technology person to bring forth that knowledge
1: and that's hard right because let's say that you're a teacher and you have a technical issue you go to the principal and say what do i do i need help and then the principal of course says hey maybe susan has the answer and now all of a sudden the teacher says, Oh, I went to the principal and the principal told me to go to Sue. But really, Sue shouldn't be in that conversation because Sue's the instructional coach, not mm-hmm. the technician.
2: Right. What do you
1: do to, to make sure that the you know that the conversation is, hey, you know, I, I get it. I'm the tech coach, but if there's a tech issue, you don't have to call like call the other person. Like, how do you have those conversations? Obviously, you said you've done it a couple of times now. What's your advice?
2: Yeah, I mean, and sometimes you do that to develop that relationship. You become Mm -hmm. that liaison for a few times. But if it keeps going on and on with the same person, at that point, I'll just have to, you know, be very tactful and say, I need you to email. Here is the help desk ticket email. Here is the help desk phone number. I need you to call them. Once they get your hardware issue fixed, I will come in and help you then use it and train you on um, the best practices of implementing it in your classroom so sometimes it has to be a delicate conversation and that's where you know new coaches have trouble because they want to fit in so much and they want to do it all but you have to learn to take a few steps back and have them go through the proper channels to get the job done efficiently
1: when do you think is a good time to have these conversations we all have been in a situation where it's August, you're ready to go, you want to have a conversation but your principal says not now, I'm busy. Then you get into the middle of the year and you're like, well, routines have been established, it's too late. What do I do now to fix or just start? Like you can't you can't walk in in September but not start your coaching program until December. Doesn't work that way. And and I know everybody says, "Oh, I'm busy, it's a busy" But every day is a busy time of the year. It so is. I know people are listening to this in the middle of February, but when is a good time to have those conversations? i I, I think the answer is often, but what do you think? like what when is a good time to have those?
2: Absolutely often is the best answer and the most ideal answer, but it's so important um as you know you are starting a tech coaching program if you're getting hired for the first time in a new district the first time as a tech coach ask to be in those meetings in planning you know sometimes they'll forget oh yes they're an instructional person they need to be at the table and they'll plan all these instructional things without you and then bring you in later and you don't know what's going on so don't be afraid even if you're a new tech coach to assert yourself of hey Would it be beneficial to me to be a part of this conversation so that I can help teacher XYZ down the hall make this happen for their students? So don't be afraid to assert yourself. That's first and foremost.
1: You know, let let us as tech coaches never forget, and and I'm sorry if this comes out bad, you are the horse, right? It's not the the horse and the cart routine of which one are you. It's the direction is the carrot that's making the cart move. Absolutely. You are the vehicle, which is then going to pull the, the the cart forward. So often you see principals say, let's do this. Then the teachers say how, and then they find you. And by that point in time, a month has gone by. Right. Whereas um, it should have, if we have these conversations going, if we have the relationships, the principal says, this is what I'd like to see in the building. The horse then says, here's how fast we're going to do it. Here's how we're going to run. We're going to build. We're going to do. Mm-hmm. then the cart starts following everything and then of course at the end the you know the horses there are going to push it a little bit um really when we're coming down to this i think the majority of this chapter is all around two things now here is the horse cart routine here is the chicken egg one to one coaching versus team yes. coaching i think we're gonna we're gonna kind of stop here and kind of go through some of these kind of conversations pros cons obviously guys we'd love to hear from what you guys think what's your philosophy on one-to-one coaching how do you get in to do one-to-one coaching team coaching etc but sue i'm gonna put you on the hot seat i know my answer for this what should come first the one-to-one or the team
2: well <laughs> it. Sometimes it—I'll say it depends, but I mean, ideally, the one-to-one. That way, you can focus on, you know, one person who want, and maybe they don't necessarily need the help. They may be the person who wants the help. They may be one of the more competent tech people. But if you can show what you know and go through a cycle with them, then the peers around the hall, the administration, they're seeing that. They're seeing what you're doing. And then that encourages more coaching to happen down the line. So for me, probably the ideal situation is the one-to-one, especially to prove yourself and get your foot in the door.
1: You're wonderful. And and I love that because I am thinking right now and have been thinking exactly the opposite where if you do the Jane Goodall approach, your strength in the classroom comes from them watching you work with others which would be in faculty meetings, which would be in department meetings, which would be, you know, in the lunchroom hallway. It doesn't have to be a dedicated PLC, but, you know, you're in the right. lunchroom. Somebody asks you a question. You're helping to help them out. That's where they're looking at you going, oh, OK, now let's yes. have that. As opposed to you walking into 50 different classrooms, trying to start up 50 different relationships, trying to start up 50 different conversations. I'm kind of going at this from the other side. Right now in my building, I'm asking how can I get into the faculty meetings for 5 minutes? How do I get into the department meetings as that silent partner? Whereas <laughs> I I'm looking at the approach of if if they if they, not he or she, if they can see the value that i can bring then i can work my way into the one-to-ones which is different than me walking into sue's classroom saying yeah my principal told me to come and work with you that's that's different but i i i am curious with your thought here do you work better one-to-one or do you work better leading a group i'm curious
2: i feel that i do better one-to-one or at least with a smaller group i mean i do okay with a big group i've done this for a long time but Mm -hmm. i feel more comfortable one-to-one or a group of two or three or you know just the fourth grade team of a few people so so yeah smaller the better for me you Mm -hmm. know in teaching students it was the same way the smaller the better you get more across because you know if you start with that big group I mean, I remember three years ago going into my new school system that I'm with now, my very first day um, we were doing we were moving from Microsoft Outlook Mail to Gmail. and my first day was right before the big conversion. So mm-hmm. I did a Gmail training my very first day there. And um it was a big group. They had just met me like literally laid eyes on me that day which was fine. I mean, I proved myself. I knew my stuff. But, you know, just seeing that big group and not really being able to meet very many people individually at that point, you know, that was a little intimidating. And I'm like, well, wonder what they think. Do they think, you know, I'm going to be good at this job or not and then when I finally was able to get into classrooms get into small group team meetings you know you feel more and more comfortable so if you can start with those smaller groups and work your way up and then like I said before word gets around you know that one fourth grade teacher you did a project with you collaborated with she talks to her friend down in primary her friends in the middle school and high school and they see what you know and can do for them.
1: You know, it's interesting to read what happens here in chapter four. It talks here about determining the balance between team and individual time takes the consideration of not only the, pro- the the coaching program, you know, sometimes a program is developed just for get in there, work with the groups. Sometimes it's based on the needs of the teachers. And sometimes it's also based off of the school and the district culture. And I think different buildings have those different cultures. I think this year is just unprecedented. I don't think there's a lot of coaches um, that are really I don't want to generalize, please, you know, don't honk your horn at me here. But I mean, coaches working one to one with teachers is just harder this year. It's easier to go into a department meeting because everyone's on um, teams and making sure that we're all together here. Um, one of the other things they love that they say here, and I, I think this is a direct quote here, but it says when the purpose and goals of the program are clear, district and local decision makers find that operational decisions are easier to make. And and basically what that's saying is when the principal is setting these clear goals, Sue, I want you to work with this cohort on these things, then everybody sees that. That's easier, I think, as a group to hear the principal wants us to do this, build a curriculum, move forward, create a musical, um, put stuff in the hall, whatever it happens to be. Right. That's different, though, when... You and I are working together and you're the teacher. I'm the coach. And we go, but the principal wants you to get better. So I'm here to like, it just seems a little bit more awkward in the individual space. I I, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to see it from from a different perspective here because there are coaches that don't get a chance, right, to do the group work just because of time. Maybe they're in multiple buildings. Maybe they don't know that these meetings are there because they're not invited to these different things.
2: Right. There's definitely limitations there, you know, as they go on to discuss in the chapter and it gets awkward, you know, especially depending upon the reason you're with them. You know, whether they invited you themselves to work with them or Mr. Smith in the principal's office told me to come work with you, that that can start out awkward and continue to be awkward throughout the whole cycle.
1: So I know you like the one-to-ones. I like the group. So talk to us a little bit about how the book is describing individual coaching. What are some of the um, pros and maybe some of the cons that the book mentions about, you know, why individual coaching is so important?
2: Well, obviously the focus, you can focus on one person or a small group of two or three on the same topic. Usually you can follow through with an entire cycle or project, work with them on a unit plan from the planning stages through the whole doing it and implementing stage um and then obviously it can be personalized it can be differentiated and like i said more focused in that area and then um, you're able to go deeper in whatever you're doing and unfortunately and with both of these team or one-to-one there are limitations you know sometimes if there's not other coaches in the school system or in the building, and you are one of only one or two, and you're focusing more on that one little group or that one person, then it's taken away other needs from around the building if you're spending so much time in that one classroom. So that, that is a drawback in some cases, depending on your staffing in your building or district, so in getting them scheduled.
1: It is. It, it, there's just more, right? If you're doing it, you are focusing on that teacher, right? And now I've got, instead of having three PLCs or three cohorts, I've now got 30 teachers or 17 yes. teachers or something like that here. You know, one of the other things that you can do if you're working with the teachers is you can be teaching across grades. For instance, you can have a cohort of third grade teachers, but you could also be working with four third grade teachers, and yes. they're all doing different things at different times, but they're all kind of focusing on the same uh, conversations because the, the students are relatively the same. Maybe they even switch students and stuff like that. Right. It does mention, however, um, some of the limitations that you have for one-to-one coaching, which is things like you, you never have the amount of time it takes to actually meet all of your teachers' demands. Whenever they need you, there's always that part where you might be somewhere else, another building, another teacher, another hallway, another meeting, never something, you know. Um, it, it's it's just it's not the easiest thing to do. So what are some of the other limitations that the book talks about when it comes to one-to-one coachings?
2: Right. Too bad technology doesn't allow us to clone ourselves to be in two places at one time. I know. Um, So, yes, scheduling is definitely a huge um, conflict because, you know, if you're spending, you know, two hours in this one fourth grade classroom where you're putting your focus with this teacher, you know, you're going to be gone. And then your email box fills up because, oh, teachers down the hallway in middle school or high school are, you know, trying to reach you because they have other issues going on. So that that's huge is scheduling. And that's always a huge issue, whether no matter what coaching approach you take. So, and then, you know, and staffing, again, if, if you're the only one, you know, you're having to do that focus. Whereas if you're the only one, maybe the group coaching concept works better for you.
1: And obviously we're here for one reason and that's to raise student achievement, right? We're all here to make sure that the students are getting the best that they can get. And the, the more spread out, that coaches are, um, it's harder to get to teachers. If it's harder to get to teachers, that doesn't help out with the goal of students. I think it also serves that if it, if a coach is spread out enough, you're not going to be able to establish a coaching cycle where every day, second period for the next two weeks, we're going to work hand in hand. I mean, even if that is possible now, I know many coaches that can't be in the rooms for more than 14 to 20 minutes. Just yes. because of, of COVID rules and stuff like that, it's not easy. And obviously, like we've been saying here, you know, if you have thoughts on this or if you have any concerns, um, please let us know. You can reach out on Twitter over at Ask the Tech Coach, and we would love to have you bring them up at our Tech Coaches Network meetings. We have them every single Wednesday night at eight thirty. And so, let's talk a little bit here about the the opposite side, which is the team coaching. You know, according to the book here, team coaching intends to move new learning into practice and adapt and refine it for student success. Basically meaning coaching opens up a wider team. Coaching opens a wider opportunity for coaching support because you're able to work with more teachers, get more traction and able to really maneuver yourself between different classrooms all in the same time frame, which is kind of cool. They say here, you know, why? Why should we set up team coaching? Number one, they say to exponentially increase the effects and speed of change for more teachers. I think there's a difference, Sue, between being a coach for a cohort and providing professional development. There is a difference there, isn't there?
2: Yes. Yes. And and I think the book, um, this chapter really brings that out because I think some of us as coaches, when we think of team coaching we think of just providing a whole group PD and and in fact you know that was the first thought when you know I was reading through this and as Jeff and I developed the notes here you think of a whole group PD with the whole staff sitting there just listening to you talk at them but I think here it's bringing out team coaching more as you know a departmentalized thing or a grade level thing or a um, subject level thing or you know math strategies and integrating technology into the math curriculum something more like that
1: the one thing i love here is that they say you know the argument against team coaching and i love this little section it says you know team coaching is in no way to reduce the number of coaches needed Uh, and you know coming from somebody who was the only coach in a 2500 student k-12 you know you were at six buildings you had six masters um I had to rely on group work. I had to rely on PD sessions. I had to rely on all those different, uh, you know, tricks to get in front of as many teachers as possible. Um, but we districts should not be thinking about team coaching as a substitute for hiring a second coach
2: absolutely and you know what we can relate this to the classroom trends today you know they the trends in the classroom want teachers to differentiate and reach the individual students yes present a lesson to the group but then individualize as needed so as coaches I think we could take both of these approaches and you know f- focus on that team as needed whether it be a grade level team or a department and um with a content area, but then there's still going to be people within that team coaching cohort that are going to be, be needing individualized attention. So I think one can build off the other. Definitely.
1: Now, one of the things that they say here is don't just think of group coaching as a group. It could be your PLC. It could be grade level teachers. It could be working in a cohort to create an online course or go through a course together. Uh, Again, The obvious ones here could be departments, interdisciplinary, working across grade levels, across subjects, or really anything that shares a common learning goal. You know, we have groups of teachers right now that are learning various applications together, which I think is great across our whole campus, across all of our different buildings. Um, One of the pitfalls I do find that they mention here in the book, and I've been thinking a lot about this, is the efficiency of all of this. Yes, you're here. Yes, you're doing your thing. But it does say most of the pitfalls in group coaching occur when a coach is not prepared to coach a team or when members have an inaccurate assumption of the expectations of the coach. I know I've been in situations where they say, Jeff, you're working with this cohort and then everybody looks at you as you're the leader. That's not coaching the group. Coaching the group is letting the group form, letting the group have a conversation, letting the group decide, and then you pick your spots to make your move. It doesn't mean you're in charge of the group. In fact, it even goes on and says, the coach is supposed to be supporting the individual members of a team while the leader of the group is actually focusing on the group as a unit. I don't think that sentence gets enough credit in today's educational landscape.
2: Yes, a coach should be more of a facilitator, which is different than a leader. Facilitating means, you know, helping them think, guiding them, holding holding their hand, if you will. And that's what a coach does. I think we've defined that term in another episode not long ago. So just walking alongside of them, not leading them.
1: I think there's a lot in here. And obviously we've been saying, Sue, you know, we want to get people's opinion on this. And I know from talking to people in our coaches network, there's a lot of coaches that are interested in this book, looking to get into this book. And we would love to have you guys in here. And, you know, there's a lot more stuff in here on chapter four. And I don't know, Sue, I I think just due to the fact that this is such an important chapter. I think the idea of doing this as a second half, like doing chapter 4A and then, you know, I, because I, I do want to spoke, focus a lot on the second half of here of how are these decisions are made. How do you do things? You know, they talk here about deploying of coaches, making sure that when you're sending a coach out, they've got their needs, they've got their wants, all that different stuff. And then also it really dives into things like coaching cycle and, um, you know, How do you set up a team for success? So stick around. Next week, we're going to come back and we're going to do the second half of this chapter, much as important as this chapter is today here. So, Sue, why don't you say we wrap this one up here? And, you know, if anybody has any questions, check us out over on Ask the Tech Coach on Twitter. You can go to askthetechcoach.com. And if you're looking for some great examples of what a Tech Coach Tuesday could look like, check out what website again, Sue?
2: Techimaginations.net.
1: Absolutely. Check that out over there. And of course, all the links to the book and everything are going to be over on our website. You can check it out over on teachercast.net. And of course, check out episode number 128 of Ask the Tech Coach. And that wraps up this episode here on behalf of Sue and everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions
0: with your students.